Welcome to episode 137 of Auto Off Topic. What's up, Brad? What's going on, Andrew? I am local this time, so no experimental phone podcast. Yeah, you won't be like munching chips or whatever you were doing. I wasn't munching <laughs> chips. I was literally opening a bag of waters. Like, like a bag of waters, but like, you know, waters come wrapped in cellophane? Yeah. I was opening up one of those because I forgot to do it before we started recording. But just so you don't miss that, I'll open this beer right on mic. And where do we get that beer tonight? <laughs> uh, we have a guest in studio tonight. And he brought us some lovely local beer from Trillium, uh, one of my favorite local breweries, um, an IPA called Spectacle Island. Yeah, we have uh, Paul Huerta, right? Yep. Did I say that right? Oh, yeah. Osaka Flaka? Yeah. On Instagram? <laughs> yes. At Osaka Flaka. Mm-hmm. On Hello. Instagram and wherever else. Is anywhere else? Uh, we'll, plug, we'll plug your stuff early. Actually, I don't, I don't know where else I am. Well, I mean, other than... Uh, the Daily Brief podcast. I don't think I'm. Most, I don't know if I'm anywhere else. Okay. That I can think of. Well, okay. So no more Osaka Flaka other than on yeah. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So you already teased it there. You, if if you, you find another Osaka Flaka, tell me. All right. They're, they're catfishing. Uh, apparently, <laughs> we'll get into what it means later. I guess. Do you know what it means? I don't know what it means. It's, it doesn't really mean anything. Good. Perfect. <laughs> it oh, sounds cool. Osaka like Japan. Waka. Uh, flaka like Waka Flaka. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Osaka Flaka Flame. Yeah. I got you. There is actually one of those on Instagram. I found that name. Okay. That was fun. So. Excellent. Cool. So as you did tease right there, you are the co-host of uh, Daily, Daily Brief, Brief Auto, Auto yep. podcast. Oh, yeah. With Tanasi. Oh, yeah. Car, so. car news and uh, stories of us breaking vehicles. and. So you misery. do a lot of story about your own cars and a lot of stuff about brand new cars, which is exactly yeah, kind of like us, except with new car stories instead of old car stories. <laughs> right. We like to report the news that's well established. <laughs> you like to report the news that's happening now. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I I try to you know in, interject a little little old stuff too. Yeah, plus with your own cars, your cars aren't all brand new. You have some old stuff too, so we'll get into a lot your nineties. Yeah, we'll get into your fleet. <laughs> yeah. in a little bit. Yeah, I have down here uh, wheel enthusiast. Yes, JDM Euro enthusiast. I, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, general more car Japanese, enthusiast, more yeah. Japanese. General uh, car enthusiast, drifter, but not like a vagrant. Like. Not- <laughs> uh, I I do a lot of spinning out in parking lots. Excellent. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> we did that too, just we didn't do it sanctioned. Yeah. <laughs> photographer, I like your photography. We can talk oh, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah film photographer too, which is yeah. Oh, yeah. different yeah. in this world of digital everything. Yeah. So I've been bragging about on here. I've been shooting more film lately. So right, it's fun. Even when you take a terrible picture, it still looks like yeah. fun. And like the anticipation of like um, waiting for it to come back. It's it's stressful. I it's <laughs> I I it I always uh I try to experiment and then I have no idea if that's going to work and then I never remember what I actually did when I experimented so when it comes out I don't really know what I did right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I should I'm probably af- take notes. I'm afraid to go back to film because I was n- I'm not as good of a photographer cuz I haven't just done it as much as some as I probably should have and the, I'm not very good with settings. The learning curve definitely was not as steep with digital. Right. So it gives you a better idea now with film. It was very hard to learn when you had film. Well, I remember because I actually took film in high school. Right. Uh, photography in high school. I failed it. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. <laughs> and it shows. No. <laughs> no, I don't, uh, I don't think I failed it. Um, I might not have gotten a great grade, but it wasn't due to the lack of being able to shoot a picture. It was more due to the lack of effort because... That's why I failed. That was me in high school. Yeah, 
I got I got C's in uh in my, my photography classes because uh I liked doing the assignments that sounded like fun and yeah. I didn't like doing the busy yeah, work exactly so I, right. I didn't turn in a lot of things but yeah. <laughs> I don't ask me the the sunny F sixteen rule I don't know it I can't remember it I don't remember that being a thing so yeah. there you go. I, just, I couldn't tell you. I what just it is. remember our photography class final was the most fun final of the whole school year. So. Yeah, that was the only one I enjoyed. I enjoyed my photography class final very well. I just know that like I had to go get ice cream basically. It was scavenger hunt. Yeah, so I did it scavenger hunt in. I borrowed my father's Carmen Ghia convertible during the middle of the school day and yeah. just drove around all day. Yeah, it was perfect. And other kids that were more savvy than me knew that you took photography so you could be in the dark room alone with girls. Ah, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's mostly why dudes took it. Okay. I actually took it because I was kind of interested in photography, and I just wasn't so cool about it. I used to get in trouble because I took the same picture all the time. Yeah. We had a janitor at the school who drove a 3000 GT. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I always took pictures of because I didn't know how to take pictures of anything else. <laughs> we used to do, uh, we'd go around the, the school area to, to take pictures around campus, and uh, I would always just walk over to my car and take pictures of my car. Okay. So cool almost too. every assignment was cars yeah. in some See, way. If my car was in the parking lot, I would have done that too, but I, we grew up across the street from one another, and it was literally a quarter of a mile from the school. So we just didn't even bother parking our cars there. We just yeah. walked. It was almost it was almost as long of a walk to park in the parking lot and walk to the school as it was to walk to the school from our houses. So it didn't make any sense. So but yes, so the three thousand GT that belonged to a janitor was my I don't even know if it was an SL or a VR four, I don't remember. It was that's just the only visually interesting car in the parking lot. That's a really cool janitor car. Eh, it could have been an SL. Yeah. So I mean, even still. And, and it was talking in 1999, yeah. so it was 93, so would have been almost a decade old, but anyway, it was interesting. It's like the equivalent of a janitor having a 370Z now. I guess that's true. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. What, um, yeah, what, Paul, what's your photography website called that you just started? Oh, uh, I just started, uh, this website, it's called uh, Kotodama Analog. Um, I wanted to have it just be called Kotodama, but that website was under a, uh, I had to pay for it. It was like three hundred dollars through some mysterious website oh, yeah. so uh, was... overseas. So I was like, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that." It was three hundred dollars too, so I wasn't gonna spend three hundred dollars on a website. So right. Um. So it's a uh, uh, Kotodama analog, and it's I kind of wanted to just do like a like a blog of local car stuff, and yeah, uh, it was kind of like sort of like um the uh, juice box for you, like the guy in Ireland who just kind of photographs what he experiences and what's around him so it's a lot of like 886s and uh ae 101s and that kind of stuff so i kind of wanted to capture the same sort of vibe yeah kind of like the i mean the chronicles like that guy oh yeah big, yeah, right? yeah he's huge yeah. he's one of my favorites as well yeah. he's one of sticky joe it's or whatever sticky deal sticky deal joe. Deal joe, yeah yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a hard thing to explain to family members what, what i'm what i'm googling <laughs> right. what's the sunny history <laughs> <laughs> yeah what on earth are you looking at? Yeah, he's been around for a long time. I remember him in the early 2000s, uh-huh. you know, back at the beginning of the internet days. Yep. I, know I know he's been hosting an annual event for 10 years in a row. So, I yeah. mean, is that in California, I think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You should go to that next year. Yeah, maybe I'll be West Coast. So, it's mostly Hondas, right? It's very Honda focused, but not entirely. Yeah, okay. But you appreciate uh, like an OEM Plus Honda build or. I like Hondas. We call general. them JDMs. I don't know what they call OEM Plus is a Volkswagen world. Yeah, what do we call Hondas that are like just clean? Yeah, yeah. just clean build. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're not. I mean, we're into that. Like, we've always been into that style. Like, you never into yeah. that. Well, you had, Fast an, e- you had an EM one years ago, so yeah, that was definitely. And Paul here drives a brand new Type R, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. 
It's my my third Honda. Okay. I, I, if if I had to only drive two brands for the rest of my life, it'd be Mercedes and uh, Honda. Cool. Like definitely. Um, yeah. So, what? Uh, let's ask some questions. Sure. What? Uh, what was your first car, and how did you get into cars? Ooh. Uh, how I got into cars is a very. It's it's a very splotchy story. Okay. With no real definitive answer. That's fine. Um, so. The only other per- person that's really into cars in my family is my aunt, and she doesn't really do car things or go to car events. She just drives cool cars. Um, so she definitely helped nurture the the love of cars, but I didn't really get into cars because of her. Uh, my dad really doesn't like cars at all, um, as long as it can take him to a golf course and fit his golf clubs and not burst into flames on the way there. He's he's into it. Uh, I've Sort of actually rubbed off on my mom and my sister, and they're starting to kind of get into it a little bit. But primarily, it was just you know uh, me, and then growing up, uh, my next door neighbor and my best friend uh, Jordan, his dad owned a Ford dealership, so we used to go over there. So like my favorite thing in the world back then were a lot of uh, Fords. I thought the Mustang was the fastest car in the world, that kind of thing. Until I you know started to get into a lot of the uh, Japanese stuff. But uh, then my first car was a, a Mark V Jetta. Um, that I started modifying. It was on a air, uh, in its final iteration. It was on air suspension and had uh, work wheels and uh, negative seventeen degrees of camber. Um, I was one of those people. <laughs> what was your first car? You're allowed. It, it was my daily driver too. Yeah. I drove about you know fifteen thousand miles a year with negative seventeen degrees of camber. Um, three, I actually I three missed, sets of tires a year. Uh, surprisingly, I didn't really go through that many tires. I debeated more than I went through tires okay um, i actually missed my first day of a college class because i debated a tire on the way there and awesome. then the next time i had that class i broke down on the way there and my professor really didn't believe me that That's i was awesome. having all these problems i had to explain to him what what was going on and he didn't really get it so i think i think that's kind of a, a funny thing because you know i was also missing things with my first car but it's because it just sucked. It wasn't because <laughs> See, I made it suck. <laughs> the, the, the best part about it, though, was it, it. I had issues with it being the way I modified it, but then it also just broke a lot being a Volkswagen. I had endless electrical issues with it. It was a, it yeah. was a 09, so it wasn't like it was that old. Yeah, Mark, so Mark V was kind of a, a low point, I think, yeah. in the, in the Jetta, Jetta world. Yeah, that was oh, a yeah. Weird, yeah, that was a weird car between the Mark IV and Mark V. It was yeah. It was definitely not their shining moment of no, engineering they got, prowess. They got better. Mark IV was like old school Volkswagen still. The late model, the, the late Mark IVs were a little troublesome. Yeah, but the early ones were pretty good. Yeah, actually, maybe I'm saying that backwards. Maybe the late ones were good and the early ones are troublesome. I don't remember. I'm, I was just thinking like the only time like debeated a tire was like rally crossing. Yeah, I, I've debeated quite a lot of tires. <laughs> <laughs> we never run camber either. No. The closest we ever came to a cambered car is driving my father's Spitfire. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I and the most I ran was like negative two in my SDI. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, your Honda, your Honda wasn't. Uh, it was probably like. So the back was a little bit. Uh, yeah, the front. I don't remember if I had the front set. Yeah. I mean, I, I've debeated tires even without the aid of camber. Just that's just the lifestyle I live. <laughs> it's just really inconvenient breakdowns. Is it a tire <laughs> stretching issue? Not even, not really, I don't, I mean, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, yeah. In all honesty, sometimes, but like, not always. 
I, uh, I DB'd it on the way to a car show once in uh, my 240, and I had to call my mom to bring a spare wheel and a jack. <laughs> she was not excited to get that call at 6 o'clock in the morning. No, but that's a good mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, it was uh, about two miles from my house where I broke down, so <laughs> she didn't have to travel far. So your first car was a Jetta. Yes. All right. That's, actually, that's a decent first car, actually. It is a good first car. Yeah. Was oh, yeah. that a, a GLI or just a base model? It or? was a 2.5 liter inline five automatic. Okay. Real I like, real race car. I like everything about that but the automatic. I actually like that 2.5. They sound really good, yeah. but they are very slow. So I had an 87 Audi 4000. Also had, slow. Which is, had a 2.2 liter five cylinder. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it made about 12 horsepower, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it sounded really good. They, they, they are one of my favorite sounding engines. Yeah, it sounded really good. The, oh, yeah. the Volkswagen and Volvo inline fives are probably oh, some yes. of the most beautiful sounding things. Yeah, yeah, they sound really good. Our friend Jordan just put exhaust on his 850R. So yes. So we have to go check it out. Is it a wagon? Mm-hmm. It is. Oh, yeah. that's the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Black wagon. Yeah. It's also getting a manual swap. Yeah. Hopefully very soon. He's my new best friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, his name's Jordan. Your best friend is Jordan, too. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's yeah. An, easy, an easy swap. Easy switch. <laughs> Except when he hears you had neg- negative 17 degrees of camber, he might not like you as much. That was many, <laughs> many moons ago. Right. It's okay. We'll let it slide. You're still here, so it's good. Your current cars don't have negative 17 yeah. degrees of camber, no, no, so they life don't. is good. This beer is delicious, by the it way. Thank you, thank you for bringing it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a complete delicious. shot in the dark what I was going to pick up from that place. I was looking at the wall, and there was a lot of things on there, and I really didn't quite know what well, I was looking tr- at. Trillium's hard to go wrong with. Especially it's one of the best around here, yeah. Yeah, they, Perfect. they make a negative IPA. I think Ron is probably jealous that once he hears this, we have Trillium. Yes, he'll be very jealous. <laughs> he'll be more I jealous. Have, I live five minutes away from there. I have promised him Trillium when I come back out there. All so right. I promised him Trillium, and I promised him Hetty Topper because he's not from New England, and he's never had a Hetty Topper. So not to call out one specific person on the podcast who's going to be getting beer from me, but I owe him because my car's yeah. in his garage. So if anybody's in <laughs> Phoenix in about a month and you want some craft beers. Nope. <laughs> and you want to store my car in your garage free of charge. <laughs> And I let mean, me use your lift for oil changes. There's a business opportunity here. <laughs> yeah. You start importing I, I, beers across oh, the country. I, yeah, oh, 100%. I will definitely <laughs> trade beers for car storage. You might, uh, I have plenty I mean, of cars. I mean, allegedly you can do that. That's uh, <laughs> What's that? Shipping beers interstate? Yeah. It's fine. You just don't talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> you, and you can uh, be selling Sapporo out of the Sapporo and have a Sapporo livery. The problem with that is that Sapporo is A, gross. <laughs> And be available countrywide already. Yeah. So it wouldn't really be worth it. I like Sapporo. Do you? <laughs> I like a lot of shit beers. That's okay. I mean, I've... No, it's good to have a crap beer yeah. that you like. Yeah, no, we like crap beers too. That's yeah. most of what I like. I like Narragansett, so that's my summertime go-to crap beer. Yeah, whatever. I, I'll drink whatever falls to hand, <laughs> I guess is what happens. <laughs> Not sounding like an alcoholic or anything, but... <laughs> an opportunist. Yes. All right. After the Jetta... What came after that? Uh, so there was a bit of a sidestep because during my ownership of the Jetta, I also acquired a uh, 1996 uh, Mercedes SL 500. That was uh, it was my grandfather was the original owner of that mm-hmm. car. It was actually the first car I ever drove. I was about four years old and I sat on his lap and drove it around my front lawn. Awesome. Uh, my mom was not excited about that. <laughs> oh well. It's um, a cool story now. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's uh, so that was uh, the second car I owned. But I owned it. 
at the same time as the the Volkswagen. You still have that Mercedes? I do. Yes. Yeah, you probably have that forever. But it's, yeah, it's, it's never going anywhere. Yeah, my yeah. my, my kids can have it, but after I die. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hand-me-down in, in will only. I like it. <laughs> and that's a cool car too because that's on air. It, it is on air suspension. Yes. And fifteen fifty two tarm. Yes. Tarmax. Tarmax. Yes. At at the at the moment, I have a, a set of uh, OZ Opera twos for it. Uh, they're going to go on it this year. Oh, and then I, some I AMG I stuff. I kind of think it looks perfect the way it is, but I. I like it, but uh, I look forward I, to I the like, improvements. I like wheels a lot, and it's it's very uncommon to have a set of wheels on a car for a long time. And I've had that set for about three years now. I'll say for as long as I've known who mm. you are, yeah. you had that car with those wheels on it. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's it, I'm I'm starting to get a little. They fit uh, they fit the '90s style of the car really well. Oh yeah, yeah. So I didn't know what opportunities were. I just. Google image search. Them. They look like three-piece AMG style wheels. They do look very Mercedes. They, yeah. they, they were actually uh, the the wheels that I bought specifically were uh, AMG optional wheels. Okay, um, which is weird because AMG sold them um, as part of their you know tuning package back before AMG merged with um, Mercedes, and they sold them with a 15 mil spacer up front rather than just having a lower offset. Oh, wheel, that's weird. Which is weird, but yeah. I I have. A 15 mil spacer, so, so it'll look it'll look correct. Yeah, All right. perfect. I support this. So I got, That's back yeah, when AMG was wild, and they did Mitsubishi stuff too. Yeah, they did. They did a lot of weird stuff, and I was yeah. re- I loved it. Yeah, we'd love. I'd, both of us would probably love to have an AMG Gallant. I, that's that's on my list of uh, things I need to own at some point yeah. in my life. There's a couple for sale right now, actually, in Japan, but they're a little out of budget at the moment. There were a, a couple other AMG Mitsubishis as well. There was a Debonair. That is what I'd want. That thing is wild looking, though. It's not attractive in any way, I, shape, that's or form. That's why I'd want it. But I like it because of that as well. <laughs> it yeah. also has a V8, right? Debonair has a V8? I don't know if that particular car has a V8 okay. or not. But I, you could get the Debonair with a V8. The, some years, maybe. Because it's the pro, only Mitsubishi pro, pro, that has, pro, like... Protea. Mitsubishi Protea was a V8 car. Yeah, okay. The Debonair, I think, were all v Because a V8 for Mitsubishi is so rare that just having a V8 Mitsubishi here would be kind of Well, it's related to the Hyundai V8. Well, yeah, came in the. And what, what was that big sedan? Was it a Genesis sedan or? Yeah, the first gen Genesis, I think. One of them came with a v- Hyundai V8. Yeah, well, all of, Mitsubishi all of Hyundai's engines can trace back to Mitsubishi engines. Yeah, so. Yet they're doing wonderful in this country. Mitsubishi is not doing as good. I well, don't understand. Well, that's what you do with better marketing and better <laughs> all marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, better cars. Um, it's 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 it makes me sad seeing. Uh, Mitsubishi dealerships these days and the, the kind of things that they're selling right now. So I went to, um, I was at the Liberty Tree Mall in PB the other day. Okay. Super local topic, but like it's this really old, sad mall now that used to be like an awesome mall in the 90s. And it just struck me because there's also brand new Mitsubishis in there, mm-hmm. like on display. And I was like, oh, they were cool in the 90s, and so was this mall. And, like, this works <laughs> that they're just in here now. What's also really neat about that is that, again, going super local on trivia, Liberty Tree Mall used to have the Liberty Tree in it. Yeah. Which was, like, this giant plastic gray dead-looking tree that yeah. never made any sense to me. Um, but actually, right where that centerpiece of the mall is yeah. is where the Mitsubishi's are parked. Yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. works it's out It's all well. come full circle. Yeah. yeah. It the, all works out. My, my local Mitsubishi dealership, I think, was used to be a honeydew. At one point, the place is <laughs> oh, tiny. Oh, they don't have a. They don't have um, in that building. They don't have a service area or anything. It's literally just like a few salesmen, and then huh. mostly not Mitsubishi. What is the name it. of that dealership? They actually also no sell donuts. To Pro- get. honestly, probably, <laughs> probably. I mean, that would get me to buy a car. Part of the package deal. Yeah. <laughs> Free coffee and donuts for life. Yeah. If you buy a Mitsubishi, it's here. a Dunkin' Donuts and Mitsubishi dealer. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the most Boston thing in the whole world. Yeah, it really would. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't picture a small... Uh, what town is that in? Uh, that is in Norwood. Okay. Or Dedham. So it's Norwood, not... Or so Walpole. It's, not, it's in Walpole. It's in okay. Walpole. Oh, okay. okay. Walpole. Walpole. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you, one. it used to be... Because the Norwood Mitsubishi dealer used to be part of the... Um, it used to be part of Bach. Part of Bach. Because I bought my Evo from Bach. Yeah. So... But it's gone now. Yeah. He, he turned into his, his used car superstore. Yeah. Come on down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I drive by that superstore almost every day. Yeah, it used to be a Mitsubishi dealer. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yep, that's where I bought my Evo. <laughs> 2000 and February of 2004. Crazy. Yeah, All right, so you, a long time ago. You had the, you've got, you still have the Mercedes. Yes. Uh, oh, so um, after that, so that Volkswagen, I, I got rid of it uh, because I was rear-ended. Uh, I think I was I was stationary, and the guy was doing about 40, oof. and he was in a Dodge Dakota. Oh, okay. Um, I'm almost positive he was texting, but uh, so that was fun. So and your actually, car was lowered, so you probably completely missed your bumper. Oh yeah. Oh no. Well, I don't think it would have mattered. Okay. <laughs> it was uh, like my my trunk was like in my back seat. Um, so then I, you know, like any sane person who hates their their car, um, I bought an identical one, and then I did everything over again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, I just, I, so I bought a I bought a 2010, which is the last year of the the Mark V platform, but they were yep. also selling Mark Sixes at the same time because. So you got a good deal on a Mark V. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh well, this was this was, I think, in twenty thirteen, okay. twenty fourteen. So it was uh, a few years ago. I got it for like, I think it was like nine thousand dollars. They depreciated like stones. Yeah, they did. Um, but it was a new model comes out, especially. Oh yeah, but it was a, a base, 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 base model with a manual. Um, so it was my first ever manual car that I'd ever owned, uh, and I basically built a repeat of it. Uh, that car hated me, and I hated it, but I owned it for about a year and a half, and then uh, I got rid of it and got a Honda CRZ, and that was the most. I maintain that is the most fun car I've ever owned in my whole life. Sometimes the simplest cars with a manual are the most fun. So oh, that's yes. the hybrid one. CRZ? Oh yeah, CRZ the hybrid. It's like the reintroduction of the CRX, but with a lot of batteries. Yeah, but. Was it? Or oh, I thought that was like a. It was like a. Yeah, it was like you crossed the CRX with an Insight. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like a sporty Insight. Yeah, it had yeah, the yeah. rear and back window like a CRX. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it was on a on a, a shortened Honda Fit chassis. Okay. Huh. Huh. Now, did you put wheels in that car? Uh, so I had a, a set of Volk Monsters on it that I traded wheels off my Volkswagen to a friend of mine that had a 190e, but then he got an e36, and neither of us could use our wheels, but we both wanted each other's wheels, so we made the trade for that, and then uh, I had a. I, I did a few suspension mods to it and then a few engine tuning mods. And then uh, I did autocross with it and I bought a supercharger for it. And while I was shopping engine management, I hydro locked it and uh, blew the whole engine to smithereens and uh, messed up a lot of the hybrid system and the car ended up being totaled. So <laughs> when you put wheels on a CRZ. Yes. Nope. Never mind. The inside's one with the covered rear wheels. Yeah. Okay. So the CRZ, yeah. you see all four of them. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask you put two or four on, but never mind. It wasn't, it wasn't an insight. <laughs> That'd be a real inexpensive way to start modding cars. Yeah, by a car you can't see the rear wheels on. Yeah, just cover them. Well, that was the thing back in like the you know in the 60s when people were doing the lead sled movement. They were putting you know the cars on the ground, fender yeah. skirts, and they just have like boring steel wheels in the back, and they'd buy a set of two chrome reverse hmm. wheels for the front. Oh, yeah. Um, Actually, I, I, I forgot. Uh, in between buying the CRZ and my second mark 5 i did buy an s14 uh 96 240 sx which you also still have yes yes uh that that car was i bought it when it was orange and uh i had found out uh through internet stalking 
that a couple owners ago, it was a General Lee replica. Ooh, oh, with that's like, weird. Oh, yeah. It was called the General Nismo. It had a Confederate flag on the roof and the O one. Um, it had a competition audio setup in it. That's huh. quest- oh, yeah. quest- questionable now. Th- th- this was in the backwoods of Maine. Like okay. It was like the towns north of where we were were all area codes. Competition audio is a thing that I don't I don't get. I, I found and it, I don't understand. I, I don't either, and I found the thickest wires I've ever seen in my whole life. I, I can imagine that interior. Yeah. Don't, don't you like make like it's not so much loud? Isn't like frequency or something? I don't know how it works, but some of them actually some of them do decibel decibels. Okay. And some of them do like they try like clarity, and some of them do bass, and there's different just like anything else. There's different aspects of it, but I've learned that. It's not really a thing around here anymore. No. It's still huge in the West Coast. Yeah. Like, there's still giant audio stores in California and Arizona and New Mexico. Like, these places where they you want to spend $100,000 to build a competition stereo car, you can. Is there, like, a video of, like, making some girl's, like, hair, like, float? Oh, yeah. That's, like, the go-to video. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, the the stance video of of audio. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's (laughs) the thing. It's like laying a dollar bill in your deep dish wheels as you're a stance guy. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Yeah, it's, okay. it's definitely up there. I mean, it's interesting. That and watching the windows flex. Yeah. Which I'm waving my hand like we're on video here and we're not this week. So. No, no. <laughs> well, that one time, the local shop over here had like a, a open house they do like every year. And they had that pickup truck with all the speakers in it. Yeah, and it was like, like a transformer. And like the bed like stood up. Yeah. And my house is like a mile away from the and shop. And I could hear it. And I could hear it perfectly clear in my backyard. Yeah. After I left the show, like I'd still hear the music. It was yeah. really weird. We're like, it's really too loud here. We should leave. And we left and he came back here. It's like, oh. Like, yeah, it was <laughs> a nice <laughs> day. I had this the windows isn't much open. any better. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to be able to do this next year. Yeah. <laughs> so the Nissan, we'll go yes. back to that, is now black. Uh, uh, yes, technically. it's It looks more blue than black, okay. um, which was a bit of a mistake on my end. But I was looking for a black car, or I was looking for a black color, and uh, I chose a color off a of G-Wagon. Which those are very blocky, mm-hmm. so on a blocky vehicle it looks black a lot more than not. Yeah, and then curves, on a car with kinda... yeah any sort of curves to it, it yep. looks really blue, but it's technically black. Um, that I use that for drifting, uh, but for the longest I dailyed that at one point, which had solid engine mounts and blown coilovers. So that was a fun experience. I'd rather drive. I'd rather drove that than my my Mark Fives. So that shows my love of the, <laughs> the Volkswagen. Um. So then uh, I got the CRZ, and then that was my daily, and then I murdered that, and then I got a uh, WRX, and then I also had a uh, R32 GTR, which I own. Which you right also now. still have. Yes. Yes. I get I get too emotionally attached, so I just you're, you're ruin like, my finances. You're, you're like me with good cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you should see, you should look at them a little more closely before you say good cars. You're like me with cars that are better than my cars. I, depends on who you ask. Did you well, import that car or buy it already imported? I bought it already imported. Um, I had a friend of mine who owned it for about a year and a half, and he was one of those people who's super meticulous with doing everything right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had a kid, and he had a responsible dad car, in air quotes. Um, so he sold that to me for a, a really good price, and then bought a Nevo 10, which was his dad vehicle for a while. Just have a super small trunk, but yeah, I mean it's got. It's a safer Ta- car. It's got tie downs for baby seats. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's not a '90s Nissan. Nissan. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was. It was pretty luxurious. It was. An, it had the SST transmission in it, so it was a MR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, very, very. I mean, I very get, dadly. I, I get the logic. Yeah, I get it. I get the logic. 
that's like my kind of logic if I were to have children I'd mm-hmm. buy a which I'm not having children that's not happening but I would you know buy one so, yeah unfortunately my dad logic now is my daughter's gonna be driving next year so yeah <laughs> the dad logic has to change a little what bit what safe <laughs> slow car can I get her yes. how many Corollas can I buy for $2,000 yeah exactly <laughs> exactly safe slow reliable car yes <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then um, on the WRX for a while, and then uh, I ended up trading that in because it was out of warranty, and I was afraid of it because uh, it ate a lot of oil. Okay, um, so it was a newer one. Yeah, yeah it was a 15. It was a yeah. uh, first year of the FA uh, yeah. engine, so it was a great engine, but it did eat a lot of oil, yeah. uh, and it started eating more oil, so I was definitely terrified of that. So uh, about 150 miles before the warranty ended, I ended up trading that in for an SI because I missed Hondas. And then I never really loved that car, but I did like it. But I think it's the only car I don't miss, even though uh, I had like Stockholm syndrome with my Volkswagens. Um, you still miss them, kind of. I miss looking at them. I don't miss owning them. I remember like I'm like oh like, I, I miss that, and then I was like oh remember that like three week span where it wouldn't throw a code for this random problem I was having and left me stranded about eight times. Like, I have that same thing with Eagle Talon. It's PJ Eclipses. Like I had the worst ownership experience ever uh, with my Eagle Talon. You really did. Yeah, but I love the car so much, and I the, want like a fleet of them. Those have a bit more redeeming quality than a automatic two point five liter Jetta. I guess. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I've I've owned lots of Volkswagens too, so I get it. But I mean, I currently have a Mark Six, so sorry to I mean, they're, offend you. They're a lot. They're <laughs> a lot better put together than the Mark Fives were, from what I've seen. Yeah. No, the car's great. No what's uh, what's done to the GTR? Uh, so the GTR is uh, I'm not entirely sure everything that's done to it honestly because when you import these cars from Japan, um, there's a lot of things done to them that don't really get reported when they're sold. Hmm. So um, like through a friend of the friend of mine that has one, he stepped he drove my car uh through a parking lot. And he was like, that is not a stock clutch. He was that is way more stiff than mine. So I sat in his. I was like, oh yeah, that is definitely not hmm. the same. So like. I guess I have an aftermarket clutch, and then um, it has like an aftermarket intercooler. Um, it ha- but, but it's not branded, so I have no idea what it is. Um, it had a high flow cat, and then it had uh, suspicious signs that there was a cage in it at one point. Hmm. Um, so I'm not entirely sure what was done to it, but I do know I have uh, there's a few Cusco arms sort of splashed around. Uh, it's on coilovers, uh, Super Pro bushings, and then pretty much just an exhaust and wheels. After that, and then a couple little arrow pieces here and there. But what, what wheels are on that? Uh, it is on Advan TC3s, which are one of my favorite wheels. I think yeah, it was nice. Yeah, I, I ended up buying TC4s for the the Civic, so we're gonna match for the new Civic. <laughs> yes, which is in a Type R. For yes, FK8. Uh, yeah, I traded my SI in about a month ago for that. Yeah, I've already put about two thousand miles on it, and I have a track day with it tomorrow. So when this nice. episode goes up, you'll be on a track day. Yes, awesome. Yeah, it seems to be like a lot of those Japanese imported cars are like kind of weird, so they just ship them out. Well, Japanese performance cars <clears throat> in Japan were always messed around with. People didn't leave anything stock. Yeah. So when they got rid of them, they would take a lot of parts out and sell them like you would here. Yeah. And sell the car as quote unquote stock. But you're never going to know if you have internal engine changes or exactly what yeah. the car went through before or what parts were on the car before or any of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's just kind of the same as owning a car here. It's just. If you bought a used STI here, it'd be the same story. 
you wouldn't know what happened with that car. Yeah, because a lot of these cars, it's like their you know third, fourth, fifth, sixth owner, yeah. and then mm-hmm. it was imported to a different country. So there's yeah. a lot of mystery surrounding yeah. what's done to them. The so. fifth owner is probably still looking for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's I think that's my favorite car to drive right now. But I still maintain that that CRZ was the most fun car I've ever owned. So as a wheel nerd, oh yes. Um, where do you shop wheels? Do you import wheels? Um, there's a lot. It's a mix. I okay. do, I do import some stuff. Um, and then I have a, I'm a part of like maybe ten or twelve Facebook groups. There's a lot of really funky stuff that pops up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, for anything on the newer side, I go to uh this uh, local tuning shop, Prospec in uh Quincy. Okay, I have a friend that works there, so he helps me out with uh finding some new stuff. But hmm. it's I think I've only bought maybe two or three. New sets of wheels my whole life. It's Prospec? Yes, Prospec. Okay. And do they do just wheels or are they... Uh, they do pretty much everything, but hmm. I, I mainly go there for wheels. I don't think I know of them. I'll have to look that yeah, up. Yeah, because sometimes like to get what you want out of tire rack is like really hard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like especially when you want to order like off menu, they're like, uh, we can't guarantee it'll fit or like they won't like get it for you or... Yeah, they, they definitely don't like selling me things no. in the sizes I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't like anything beyond stock fitment. No. They mm-hmm. want to know what you drive and want to know exactly yeah. what's going on and how it works. So, And it, it never really works either because whenever I'm buying tires, I tell them it's an N.A. Miata because <laughs> there's no tire that doesn't work on an N.A. Miata. Okay. So that, that's a little tip for you. If you want to buy tires that definitely shouldn't be on your car, tell them you have an N.A. Miata or an Austin Mini. Hmm. You're buying 17s for an Austin Mini? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Interesting. <laughs> it's lifted. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> don't, don't ask me questions. Doesn't have fenders. <laughs> See, I know, like, when I was looking up wheels for my Talon, I know that stock Evo wheels fit perfectly with stock Evo-sized tires. Mm-hmm. So you look up an 03 Evo for wheels and tires for your DSM. Yeah, I guess if you figure out what size you want, you could probably order things through a place like that yeah. by telling them what that particular size happens to fit exactly so i like it that's a good trick i never heard of that one oh yeah the the best places though are the facebook groups and then like cruising around craigslist because sometimes like especially when you're looking for older wheels Mm -hmm. the uh, craigslist is one of the best places in the whole world um and you definitely have to misspell things a lot because it's a lot of old people who don't really know what they have or someone who bought a car and like they can kind of read what the wheel is so they're Mm -hmm. just like uh, i'm selling 17 inch rims come look it's uh they're out of they're wide tires good yeah like, get them easy get these out of my life three hundred dollars and they're rims, like rims old, with a z i'll take them yeah they're like old school volks it's like ooh, ooh let me get those <laughs> yeah, i haven't had that kind of luck yet but no I'm, I'm a giant wheel nerd too uh and i have way more sets of wheels than i have cars oh absolutely same yeah i um, I've, I've bought definitely bought wheels for cars i don't own i have imported wheels from japan and actually andrew has too yeah that's kind of fun um he's by Yep, I've definitely bought wheels off of people's cars who are, they buy an old car that comes with a set of wheels, and they're like, oh, these wheels are outdated, I want new ones. I would like your outdated wheels, oh, please. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my favorite way to buy wheels. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I enjoy wheels almost as much on their own as I enjoy the cars. Me too. It's, it, I think it's one of the most important visual modifications you can make. 100%. And also, some, a lot of the times, a very one of the most important performance mods you can make too. So I was, my, growing up, my father... One thing he always said to me was, "Wheels and stance make or break a car." This is before stance meant like yeah. stance. Yeah. He just meant stance. Like every car has a yeah. stance. Yes, and it has the correct stance. And wheels and stance make or break a car. And that was like ingrained in me, ingrained into me at an early age. So, I've I've always 
known that. Well, it's like the quickest way to make your car look different. Just yes. put wheels on it. Yep. Absolutely. Like uh, my wife's car, we'll, we'll show it to you afterwards. Like she has a blue, the new blue cross track that mm-hmm. everybody has because it's super popular. We put gray OZ rally wheels on it. That's and awesome. And it looks awesome because it looks different than every other blue cross track. Right. And actually, she was telling me yesterday in traffic, or she was right by the house here, some lady pulled up next to her and goes, I think you lost a hubcap. And she's like, oh, I don't have hubcaps. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> their wheels just, to, to like a non-person, they just look like a black steel wheel or something. <laughs> but yeah, it's like super important to add wheels to a car. And, oh, absolutely. And we were talking earlier about the, the HREs that put on the Talon and... And like those came off a of forum, so I, I mean, you used to be able to get stuff on forums, but I, I miss forum yeah. digging because that that was definitely the best place to find literally anything. Mm-hmm. But now that the forums have kind of died, it's unless you're searching for something really specific, mm-hmm. um, it's not really the best. So let's go back to your website. That's one of yes. the main things we're here for today: for yep. your podcast and your website. Yep. So you have Kotodama, Kotodama, yes, analog, yes. Um, are you going to be doing local show coverage? Yes. Okay. Um, I want to do a lot of uh, local show coverage, um, and then do events and stuff, and uh, do like individual features on uh, people's cars. And I kind of want to do it in the the petrolicious style. That's more so instead of here are all the modifications that were done to the car and how they were done. It's like what led you from where you started with cars to, to now. Today. Yeah, exactly. One of the, so the first uh, like individual feature i'm going to be doing is on my friend steve's uh fc okay um and like I'll, i want to talk about how like, he used to have a super duper low integra that had a bunch of camber and then he had a lime green uh mercury capri uh fox body okay that was I like that super car, actually, bene- it's possible yeah, i think i've seen pictures of it at least it was it was super low on um really wide steelies and then he sold it to a guy that did hill climbs and then it very quickly ended up in a tree okay um on a hill, hill climb Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was in two pieces, so it was a very brutal crash. Um, but then, so he went from that, and then he had the the FC. So I kind of want to talk about like how how on earth do you go from a super stancy Integra to like a more grip oriented FC, and the same way you go from a negative seventeen degree camber <laughs> Jetta to a Type R. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's I, I like putting a face to the the car because mm-hmm. a lot of the times you see what some what's uh, you know someone drives, and then you see what they look like. And what they do, and it's a real sort of shock almost. Like there was uh, this one guy I used to follow on Instagram. He had a uh, like a Stancy Scion XB mm-hmm. that I always thought was cool. And then I saw what he looked like, and I I definitely had a completely different image. He was like he was like six foot four and coated arm to, to leg and tattoos, um, and he looked very scary. And he did not he didn't look like someone that would drive a an Scion XB. Driver. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, that, that's one of the most you interesting picture things. Picture him in a Harley in a matching pickup truck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that's funny. That's kind of what we do here. Why we always ask our guests, like, you know, what was your first car? What got you into cars? Like, yeah. why are you into cars? It's always fun to ask that. Yeah. Because that's that's more important sometimes. Because if or it wasn't car for, girl, if it wasn't for car, if it wasn't for the people, there'd be no cars. Yeah. Exactly. So I would like to know what's going on with cars, and that's one thing I've always appreciated about Petrolicious as well. Because a, their videos are just they're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's like it's it's the single best, yeah. like most beautiful thing on the, the whole internet. As far as cars go, yeah. I 100% agree. Maybe as far as everything goes, because cars are best. I mean, mm. some of their cinematography is really, like, mm-hmm. some of the best ever. They farm it out, I think. They weren't, they're not an in-house. Um, yeah, uh, they hire correct. I think they, I think they have, like, uh, they have their, their tentacles in places with, Yeah, you different know. areas of the country, depending yeah. on what yeah, they're going I forget to. What they, I definitely follow the guys what, that produce it. or something. Yeah, I definitely follow them on Instagram, too. Yeah. The production company. Yeah, there's, there's a couple different ones they use, to depending mm-hmm. on where they're going, and. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Petrolicious is Petrolicious.com for anybody who's not listening, or their YouTube channel is just Petrolicious. So yep. if you listen to us, you probably already know about them, but check them out because they're really cool. Especially where making stuff on YouTube has gone to make anything on YouTube, to make money from it, you have to make it quickly and cheaply so it doesn't have that production quality and oh, they yeah. spend more time producing right. it. So they're more into making beautiful stuff versus making money off their YouTube channel. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how their business model works. I, but. Yeah, they do other stuff. There's yeah. other stuff for sale on their website. Whatever. Whatever works for them, it's working, clearly. Yeah. So. No, I've come real close to buying a t-shirt from them, at least. Yeah. So get my 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've bought a couple things from them before. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 a neat place. What kind of um, camera are you shooting with? Uh, I just I I honestly just have some like a, a throwaway uh, Pentax uh, DSLR. Um, I had another camera. Oh no, it's a it's a Canon. Sorry, I had a, I had a Pentax and then I broke it. Yeah. Um, and my friend who owns a a photography studio uh, said it would cost more to fix it than it would be to just replace it. And then it he dug times. through his big box of camera stuff and then handed me a digital uh, like a film. Uh, SLR and was like, if this works, you can have it. So, I I didn't really choose the camera. The camera chose me. But eh, whatever, it works. Yeah, it's I I don't have any. Like, I just use the stock lens as well, which is mm-hmm. fun because it you you have to work around that rather than tailoring the setup to what you're shooting. Yeah, but it definitely is limiting as well. <laughs> is is the plan to be all film? Um, on that website, I mean, analog is so the I title of it. But. I don't really have much of a plan honestly okay um a a lot of it was i i'd been throwing around the idea of starting this website in my head for almost two years now Mm -hmm. and i i kind of wanted everything to be perfect and for it to be perfectly mapped out before i started and then uh one day i was on vacation and i just thought you know um, it's this is never going to happen unless i do it so i just i bought the domain that night and started building the website so it's just i'm kind of headlong in without a plan that's good um Sounds like this podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, remember um, I, I promoted this podcast on day one, and I was like, I was going to wait till we had like 10 episodes. And I was like, oh, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. I was the same way with mine. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, was, I, I as of right now, it's going to be pretty much all film, um, mm-hmm. especially because that's what I'm comfortable with. Um, I have a digital camera, but I haven't really used it too much. Um, but I, def- I love the feeling film has, and I love the that even if you take a bad picture, it still looks good and still people has, still enjoy yeah, it still has some kind of quality to it exactly I, like i've handed some friends like the worst picture i've ever taken in my whole life and just because it had that sort of film effect to it they you know they were excited about right. it so um it's a mood yeah yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hashtag mood um and it's 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 just sort of a different take on you know sort of the the automotive blog so so going back to our first question about what got you into cars, like what got you, because you're fairly young and you're yes. into film photography. Yes. What was the major push that direction? Um, so I, I took a photography class in high school. Okay. Um, I took three years of photography in high school and I always enjoyed shooting film the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always, I loved uh, playing around in the dark room and uh, doing all that. So I, I kind of just carried that from you know, high school. Um, I, okay. I'd practice on and off and take pictures every once in a while. And then the past four years, I'd say I started taking a lot of film pictures. Um, especially now that I have a friend that has a photography studio. So it's really easy to get everything developed. So you can um, use his dark room. Do you develop them yourself? I, or I don't do develop them myself. Okay. He, it, it's his, his setup's a little more commercialized. Yeah. It's not so much, uh, you know, hand, hand, uh, developing, yeah. but oh, that was the worst part. That's the part I didn't like. It was, I, I hated mass, uh, 
uh, mass developing stuff by hand, but it was fun to do like an individual picture. Yeah, if if you're into it, some people are really into it. Like there's the part where you're like opening it up in the dark with like a can opener, and then you're gonna put it on that real thing, and you do like the motion where you're moving your hands opposite and like reels it up. And then it's gonna go on the chemicals and like it's this whole thing. You remember way more about I, it than I, I do. I, yeah, <laughs> it's my, my least favorite was smelling like the chemicals when yeah, I left for the rest of the day. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Especially when you hit photography like second period. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Awful. <laughs> I just yeah. said the best was first period yeah. photography. You smell like uh, usually a larger was album. fun, but that was like eh. I send out my stuff now. So. Yeah, I just <laughs> I, I'm I'm just surprised to see somebody who's your age in 2019 who's a film enthusiast it's, versus it's, there's actually. A a pretty big resurgence with it. Yeah, You'd be surprised. It's coming back quite a bit because it, it, it's more deliberate and it slows you down. So right. like digitally, you're just like snapping away, snapping away, snapping away. And you're like, then you realize you're like, okay, this film costs like 12 bucks now. Mm-hmm. And then it costs like another 12 bucks to develop it. I better be a good picture. So I'm going to think about what I'm going to take a picture of first for a second here before I just snap the shutter. Well, and then, again, digital photography became a crutch for me because I can take a picture and, like, oh, it's washed out. I'll take another one. Now, to that end, what I'll do sometimes is I will use my digital camera as a proof, and I'll check the settings there. And I'll be like, all right, these settings worked in digital. Then I'll flip them onto the, the right. film camera. I'll have some duplicates of film and digital, but it's... It helps. It does help you in the moment. Check the scene if you're if you're not sure. There's also some uh, pretty good phone apps that do uh, light metering. Similar, yeah, so really give you a good yeah. idea of what uh, what will work and what won't. Yeah, hmm. um, I I got away from using the manual the OM2 that I had because uh, it it failed one day. I mean, and didn't advance the film or something. So I was like, eh. And I had this older. I still have it. I have this older Canon Rebel 2000 that I bought brand new, uh, and I. That's what I've been shooting with. So if you if you've gone on our Instagram page and you've seen some of the film stuff I've been shooting, so I've been shooting with that, with just the basic Canon Nifty Fifty on there, just to kind of limit you. And then fifty mil on thirty five millimeter gives you like what your eye sees. It's very close to that oh, yeah. perspective. So that's what I those those pictures I've taken and posted recently. I really like so the ones like Ektar film. Yeah. So I've been shooting. I don't know what kind of film you like. I like uh, Ektar one hundred's color, mm-hmm. and uh, I think. I've been shooting Fuji um, slide film. I think it's the Velvia 100 or the Provia. There's two different ones. I always get them confused. Or like Portra 160 is cool. Do you have yeah, a particular I, film you use? I shoot a lot of uh, Portra and a lot of uh, Fuji. I have I have the models written down on my phone yeah. somewhere deep in my notes because yeah. I always forget. Yeah. Um, and I have definitely ordered the wrong film quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I... I Definitely have to keep that in there because I can't remember all the the, the names and everything. I forget the, top of the, head. the kind. There's a kind of Kodak. Maybe they still make it, but it's black and white. You can shoot it, and then it develops in color chemicals. So like one like a one hour place can do it, and I've used that in the past. But maybe I should start shooting film again. It's, it's pretty fun. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, I've been using uh, our another listener, Throttle by Cable. Mm-hmm. You should follow him. He's a, he's a good follow. Uh, he shoots a lot of film. Picture behind you. Yeah, it? actually, yeah. He took this and he gave it to me. This. That uh, picture's good to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, he told me about, I use the darkroom lab in California. It kind of stinks you get to send it across the country, but then they scan it for you. And then before so the digital proofs. Yeah, yeah. Before your negatives even get back to you, you've got them uploaded and that's why I've been doing it. It's, it's actually kind of funny though, because shipping the stuff to California to be developed is almost easier than going to the the actual place to get it developed. Because yeah. uh, my my friend's photo lab is about a half an hour away from my house, and I've been sitting on about twelve rolls of film for a Ooh. month now. Because I just 
I, I like every time I can go, it's traffic, and I'm like, well, that is going to be 45 minutes, and yeah. do I really want to do that? It's kind of out of the way. I don't know, but if I could just drop it in my mailbox and send it off, I'd probably get things done a lot quicker. Yeah. It takes yeah. about a week, but it's pretty cool. Maybe I should pick up a couple rolls. Yeah, I still I, have I still have the camera I used even in high school yeah. for class. My it's actually my father's old Yashica, so I'm sure yeah. that works just fine. Um, yeah, as long as you got to put new batteries in it for the light meter. Yeah. Um, yep. It might be hard to find those watch batteries now. Uh, it takes an end cell, I think. That that was the hardest part. That's the hardest part with this can, this Rebel 2000. It takes like, they're like CR123s or something. They're like these batteries that are like an inch and a half tall. Mm-hmm. And there's, I have to get them on Amazon. Nobody sells them locally anymore. Hmm. It's, it's also really funny because the batteries last so long that yeah. you never really think to yeah. stock more. Yeah. And then one day it just dies, and yeah. then you're you're screwed because you can't go get another yeah. battery. <laughs> yeah, so I try to I try to keep like two extras in rotation. I'll have to look and see what it takes. And it's I weird. Touched it since high school. When you when you buy them on Amazon, they're like tax sell or something. They must be. They're used in like gun sites, like laser sites. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the, like that's the packaging that comes for them. So hmm. yeah, it's weird, but it works. And if, if if anyone wants to get into it, like one of the best places to get film cameras is like thrift shops yeah this is a, and then ebay as well because there's a ton of good stuff on ebay and there's a ton of uh like gems hidden around uh thrift shops because you know anyone can search ebay but not everyone can go to your local thrift store mm-hmm. so you might be able to get a better deal there and mm-hmm. you know snipe Just something a little quicker have to know what you're looking at though yes well, yeah. I, I mean, at the end of the day anything will work but if um but if you want something specific, definitely do your research. And actually, at a thrift store, they're probably four dollars, so it's probably not a big deal if it doesn't work out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fi- financially, it's worth the gamble just yeah. to see what'll work and what won't. Yeah, and some, be kind of and some of the last gen film stuff before digital really took over, the, the cameras are very very good. Yeah, like you're a rebel. And yeah, and that's not even the high end one. That, yeah. that was like a high end prosumer one. Um, but, I mean, there's higher end ones that still command a decent amount of money that like pros shot with it at the time. Mm-hmm. But I think my Rebel 2000 is is probably around 100, 150 bucks, like for, to to buy it. And then it fits. The cool thing it's EOS, so it fits all the Canon lenses. Yeah, which is hugely useful. Yeah, especially if you're coming from a from a digital background and want to jump into film. Yeah. The other thing too, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, photography stores and studios still stock a lot of used or new film cameras mm-hmm. so that's another great place to, yeah. to take a look yeah. probably pay a little more there you're yeah. definitely going to pay a premium know you know what you're getting yeah. and you know it's going to work yeah yeah they, <laughs> they probably stand behind it too yeah. so exactly well that's interesting um so do you scan them in with the scanner or do you scan negatives or um so my, my friend puts them all on cds for me okay. when i get them developed yeah, over there cool. so um well you have a cd uh, drive too yeah <laughs> God, so <laughs> all old school. <laughs> oh, he says he can put them on USB too, but I always forget to bring one, so I just have him put them on CDs for me. It's also fun to have the big pile of CDs of all the, the pictures I've taken. I have a whole file drawer full. Yeah, I don't of them. think I've had a computer with a CD drive for at least ten years now. <laughs> I got really disappointed when I bought my last Mac and I didn't have it. I was like, "What?" I'm annoyed because my current laptop that I use here at podcast doesn't even have a SD oh, drive. It doesn't have a, it has a mini SD drive, not even a full size SD. Oh card. no, my Chromebook has that. Yeah, super annoying. I just, I just I just bought a new laptop for the first time in like ten years, and it has nothing, and it's it's very annoying. Yeah, <laughs> it, everything everything is a peripheral now. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, everything. It, it doesn't even have USB. It's just like the little Apple micro USB things that you have to plug in. You have to do an oh, adapter. Yeah. Apple ads. gets pretty bad with that. I have no idea what I'm doing with technology, so it's really stressful. So that's why you shoot film. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that's why if, if you look at my website today and then you look at it next week, it might look different because I really don't know what I'm doing. So right. I'm kind of changing things. You push as the they wrong go. button and change the background color. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, so the I have a cover photo on there, and you're supposed to click on the cover photo, which brings you to the blog or in the top left corner. And uh, I wanted to uh, do a slideshow instead, uh, so I was like, oh, you know, that's a, that's a fun feature, and then I completely totaled the whole website after i published that so i had to go back Excellent. and undo everything and figure out what i did <laughs> so it's currently up right now yes yeah it's uh, currently and, working and as and far it, as it's i know spelled so everybody knows how to find it it's k-o-t-o yep d-a-m-a and then analog yes so kotodama pretty much as it sound analog and then there's an instagram for it as well which is the same okay i'll, there, share, I'll, I'll share it on the facebook page right excellent there was a there was an instagram uh that was just Kotodama, which I wanted to have. And it was, mm-hmm. uh, they had one post that was from like 2017. They had no followers and they followed one person. And I tried to report that account a whole bunch of times, hoping <laughs> it'd get taken down. And it never did. And it was really sad. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you have Kotodama analog is probably also your. Correct. Yeah. It's actually better to have, I think, the same. Yeah. The same, you know, as far as SEO goes, so people can find you. So you said you were doing a track day tomorrow. How often do you do track days? Um, so I do I do drift events a lot more than I do okay. like grip track days. Okay. Um, this is my second SCCA um, track night in America awesome. type deal. Um, and I've done some autocross previously, but um, I try to drift as often as possible. Cool. I was actually last weekend I was at a drift event. So then this week we be at the same weekend? track. Lock City. It was Lock City. Yeah, it was a drift clinic. Okay, which is was that, a lot of fun. Is that at Thompson? In yes. Connecticut? Yep. Uh, the Thompson uh, skid pad. Yeah. So. What's really cool about Thompson is that, like, in our lifetime, I thought we were never, ever going to see more racetracks open up in New England. Like, I thought that was dead. Like, mid-2000s, no more racetracks. Then, like, the end of the 2000s, Palmer came back, Thompson revived their stuff, and then Lime Rock's like, oh, we're getting on this, and, like, Lime Rock does a bunch of events for, like, mm-hmm. amateur stuff now. Canaan's starting to come up, too. Oh, Canaan, yeah. Because uh, yeah. I know uh, SECA's sort of uh, gotten their mitts on, and they're doing uh, some track nights in America's yeah. up there. And I think they're doing uh, time trials as well. Cool. And there's a private track up in Ospi now, like ooh. a club. I don't know about that. That's uh, ooh, I, a Tamworth one? Yeah. It's like Tamworth Motorsports Park or something like that? Something like that. I remember. I forget the name of it, but, yeah, it's like – it used to be a ski mountain, and they don't get enough snow there. And in the seventies, they like closed, so now they built like a track in the side of it. It's called Club Motorsports. Club Motorsport. Oh, I have it was heard so of easy. that. Yeah, no. couldn't think of it. But yeah, I've seen like uh, promotional videos from there. I think there was a video maybe Tim O'Neill did. They like drifted the course before they paved it. Mm-hmm. They did all oh, the gravel. Yeah. yeah, so that's pretty cool. Actually, speaking of Tim O'Neill, they recently took up. Uh, uh, New Hampshire's sort of drift community because oh, yeah. uh, Club Loose used to be the go to, or Club yeah. Loose North yeah. used to be the go to, but that folded up uh, last year. So now Team O'Neill oh, and really? then there's a local, yeah. Um, so Team O'Neill and then there's another local drift team that's name escapes me at the moment, but yeah. they, they run events up there now. Yeah. At Team O'Neill? No, no, uh, no. At, uh, at, uh, this, at uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the same, same location, same skid pad. And then I think they use the lower course as it's, well. So the stuff like you'd never seen drifting before. We're we're talking about this off air first, but when Brad, when we went to um, Atlanta, race uh, wars drift, probably. Um, That's what comes up. When we went to Road Atlanta for Grid Life, uh, you actually got to see like pro level drifting. Yeah, like it's crazy, right? Like it's so awesome. Oh, out of control. Did you see that? And we were watching the guy with the drone, and then we watched the drone video like a month later when he edited it. 
you've seen the, the video and yeah. the, he recently did one at long beach that was like crazy awesome but anyway yeah it was like that was the first time like i i went to like a couple drift events at hms and i was like this is cool and i was taking some pictures and getting some practice in with like pans and stuff and then at like hot import nights they had ryan turk come because he's from new hampshire and they drifted uh the oval mm-hmm. and like when he did an entry at like a hundred off the main straight into like turn one i was like oh <laughs> oh i get this bananas, this is yeah. cool like when people do like high horsepower super fast drifts like that's awesome and now like i hear like these the drift cars are like 1200 horsepower now <laughs> it's, it's insane <laughs> yeah yeah so i, coming, I have about a tenth <laughs> yeah yeah coming up in new hampshire later this month at NHMS, yeah. is an event called Race Wars Drift yeah. times Sound Wars in uh, London. I think Race Wars is an event that they do, and they host uh, drifting exhibition. Drifting by Gig Motorsports is that the y- new club? Gig is a another uh, uh, what sort of looking for like a faction that does or another. I mean, this doesn't sound does like our kind of event. No, but no. I mean, I they, they they partner with a lot of other events. Like they do um for a Toyota Fest at uh, Thompson. They yep. gig hosts a drift event for that, and uh, I think Honda Day as well. Cool, which is bizarre. Yeah, which is really bizarre because you know they I don't think I've ever seen a Honda at a drift okay, event. Okay, so the new thing at NHMS looks like is Northeast Drift. I think I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah, Northeast Drift Company. Yeah, we should try to get you to Thompson before you leave. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I will. There's actually a. That now is the time to do it because the Lock City guys that host the Thompson, or the majority of the Thompson Drift events, have uh, recently announced that for this year they're going to be doing a uh, street le- a street legal um, drift series as well as a uh, like a feeder series into a uh, co- competition drifting. So hmm. uh, I think it's I think it's the weekend of the 18th. Uh, they're going to be doing uh, these events, so it's it's going to be. Uh, one day they're going to be doing NASCAR at the same time they're doing drifting. So it's going to be mayhem. Um, but they're going to be doing skid pad drifting, and then they're going to be doing these uh, these competition series on the road course. Hmm. So if, if you're going to check it out at Thompson, that's the time to do it. Hmm. Yeah, definitely like watching uh, full course drifting Okay, is like pretty crazy. So going back to amateur level stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Northeast, Drift Co- Northeast Drift Co. So Northeast Drift Company. It's uh, northeastdriftco.com. Um, has their first event, a uh, second event this year is actually a week from this week, so weekend after this, May nineteenth mm-hmm. at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to check out local amateur drift stuff, that's where to go. Yeah, I follow a bunch of local uh, drifters on Instagram, and yeah, I have a couple of Facebook friends that go to Lock City and stuff. Yeah, and there's a lot of women that do it too. Yep, which yeah, is cool. there's, there's a lot of women. Yeah. It's funny, women in motorsports in New England seems to be... Women in rally and drifting is yeah. probably the... For whatever reason, maybe because they're newer sports in America, they're less established, they're more opening. Less of a boys' club. More, yeah, more open yeah, to yeah. other people, which is very cool. So. I, think, I think drifting and uh, a lot of the amateur rally stuff is a lot more welcoming in general for, yeah. for learning. And for to, amateurs in yeah, general, yeah. regardless of gender. Yeah, so... It's, I mean, especially because... Uh, a lot, like a lot of the grassroots drifting, isn't a competition, so it's even more welcoming. It's, where it's like you're not going to be graded on it. It's like the best way I heard it described. It's like when you, if you're watching people at a skate park, like that's basically what it is yeah. with cars. It's just people that just go out and they just like run some drift runs and then like just like thrash a bit, and then the next person goes. Like it's yeah. not like a, it's not like a competition. It's yeah, just if you like, have a rear wheel drive car, you can just go enjoy yourself. Yeah, yeah, you're just hanging out and yeah, you're just, just like really no. Bring, bring a helmet and have fun. 
Yeah, exactly. We've always discussed doing one of those drift days, cause, um, but we just haven't followed through with it. It's it's definitely worth it to give it a try. There's a nice uh, Durban maroon vehicle that maybe should be used for that. As a white one, it's probably yeah, better yeah. use of it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen like stock F-body Camaros at drift events. Like it's it. Or actually, I saw a, uh, there was some like late '60s GM station wagon that was also at a drift event once. So yeah. it's any if you have anything rear wheel drive that isn't going to roll over in a corner, it's definitely worth trying it out. I mean, we did it years ago. Yeah, in a parking lot. Yeah, it's different somewhere. Well, I mean, in a parking lot in Mexico illegally. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not in a parking lot legitimately. Yeah. I mean, once you're out in Arizona too, I, I think I know a few people that might be able to tell me when the events are. I, if you want to check one out? I have a very good connection with a yeah, a drifter out there already as well. Excellent. So De- definitely go check it out out there because it's even better out there. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It's a lot more established, I think. They actually it, they, they also have their own uh, quote unquote uh, toge runs. Up in the mountains up there, too. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to doing some of that. I'm actually surprised that there isn't any pro-level events that come further north up here than New Jersey, really. Yeah. Uh, the, like, the wall at New Jersey is yeah. uh, pretty much the furthest north I keep, come. That's something I keep meaning to go is to check out New Jersey because I hear it's pretty crazy. I mean, I, th- I think yeah. w- with uh, what Lock City is doing, it might bring a bit more professional drifting a little further north. Cool. Um, Because it's uh, Top Drift, I think, is the series where it's like a Pro 2, like, drifting league. So it's it's a feeder series into Formula D through a few different steps. So um, it'll definitely bring a little bit of attention to New England. Nice. I'm looking forward to it, even though I'm leaving. (laughs) I'll be around around enough to to still do events and things. Yeah. It's interesting to me. Like, I, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Some people are like, oh, I don't get it. I'm like... I'm like, have you watched it in person? Because like, you really don't get it until you watch it in person. Like, it it doesn't transfer that well in all the drone videos transfer pretty well. But like, yeah. when you're watching like a normal video of it, you're like, mm, that doesn't matter. But when you hear it and you can s- just smell the tire smoke and you see this the, the like the sensation of speed and how fast they're going, you're like, that's pretty cool. So the other thing too is at a lot of the uh, grassroots events, if you bring a helmet and talk to some of the people there, they'll let you ride along in the car with them. So that's yeah. an even better way to sort of get an idea of what it's like. Yeah, I'd love to do that, actually. Yeah. This is the same at rallycross events. If you're nice to the person and you want to go for a ride-along, they usually let you go for a ride-along. Right. Yeah. So. Which is, I mean, the best way to sort of get an idea for it is to actually get in the car and ride through mm-hmm. and watch the driver, you know, doing it. Because there's a lot more... There's a lot more hand motions and a lot more, you know, footwork than you think in certain ways and a lot less than you think in other ways. So did you do anything to the – it was an S13 you have? Uh, 14. S14. Did yep. you do anything to it for drifting? Is it uh... – uh, Not really. It has, it's on coilovers. I, I got rid of the blown ones that I uh, It looks I like the a car, car with. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just pretty much just uh, coilovers, a big body kit, wheels, and a two-way LSD. But it's not like a missile car. No. No. no I, try, I, I don't really like the whole missile car culture. I hate, hate – Hate, hate, hate everything about that. I, so even, even so even disregarding the the fact that it the I don't think any cars deserve to die. Right. So like watching people purposely kill cars really hurts my feelings. Especially cars that are thirty years old and aren't being made anymore yeah, even, and have survived this long. Even if it's all a barren, like something with, that doesn't really have much redeemable quality or like an old like once it's old, or it's old. Sebring. It's like still it's it just <laughs> it makes me sad. So like that that makes me. But then. Also, I, I like to take pride in what I drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like to joke that they're shit boxes because sometimes 
I they are very much shit boxes, but you're, like you're preaching to the choir. But like I, I still want to do my best and have the best yeah. have my car in the best condition I can have it. And it's more fun to watch a nicer vehicle drive around than it is to watch a shit box. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree, and it's more fun to watch somebody who knows what they're doing, or at least looks like they know what they're doing, have a good time, get good angle. I don't need to see you within a millimeter of the wall. I, I think I think it's also really uh, a lot more amazing when you can drive really aggressively and have your car not beat up. Right. Because anyone can crash into each other and smash off walls, but yeah. it's, it takes a bit better of a driver to not do that. This is the same argument that we famously have all the time <laughs> against lemons. <laughs> I don't like lemons racing for the same reason. It's just... It, it's. I'm just not that into it. Yeah. I'm not that into it, it for, for like how much it costs. It's not that cheap. It, maybe it was in the beginning, but it's not that cheap which anymore. Which is it's kind of a bummer because it it's coined as being a cheap racing series. There's no such thing as cheap racing. Yeah. But the the problem with is like you might show up to a lemons race and either you paid for a seat or you paid a bunch of money to make this car lemons worthy. And then you get there and the thing breaks and you maybe get like an hour of driving. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of money invested in weirdly not very investable cars yeah i'd rather if you really are after seat time on a track just do a track day yeah in your regular car yeah 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 i'm doing it my daily tomorrow right <laughs> yeah i won't i won't give out your last name until your honda warranty guys if it, and if you're <laughs> if you're afraid of tracking your daily driver for fear of um, buy a thousand dollar miata well that but there's also a, a lot of insurance companies that'll do track day insurance oh really um, yeah so that's I, a new I bought thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a they buy it by the day or you can buy it in uh packages where you do three or five days but um i bought mine through Haggerty uh for tomorrow it was 160 bucks and i'm covered that's for every downright day. affordable yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, 160 bucks for the, the whole day um if anything happens to my car on track or in the pits or anything within the the motorsport park before i hit the main road mm-hmm. i'm covered Haggerty's making moves i yeah i yeah, like they their, are. they're going after younger people they're going after enthusiasts it's it used to be really cool. difficult to get yeah. Haggerty insurance but they're becoming they're opening up they realize where of, the money is yeah yeah they're also realizing that a classic car isn't something from the 50s and 60s exclusively yeah. that was the problem because they wouldn't insure your galant right that was Grundy. Grundy wouldn't. Okay. So I, I do not have Grundy anymore. Right. I have a, a friend with an R32 that had a lot of issues with Grundy as well. Yeah. yeah and our other friend who has a Mitsubishi Delica van had issues. I think it was I have American as Collectors well. now, but uh, I may switch to Haggerty. We'll see. Also, another important thing to note, um, I talked to Haggerty on the phone, and they do not tell your insurance company that you bought track day insurance. Oh, even better. Yeah. So mm. if, if it comes down to it, you can say, look, insurance company, I was trying to not do insurance fraud and i bought special insurance for today right <laughs> i mean i feel like it it shouldn't i don't know I, I don't think it should matter but it does that's like a individual rights thing that's like a it's like my my, my insurance company has sent me a picture of my car drifting and asked what i was doing <laughs> really yeah <laughs> they asked if i was competing in speed racing yeah or driving in huh. any competition was that I'm, just due to like the social media and they search you or i don't know because my instant my my in my Instagram, the Osaka Vlogga one, isn't. I don't have my real name on there. Right. I would. Uh, I mean, one thing, you, like a quick thing you do is before you go to like autocross events or any of these events, just just pop your plates off. Yeah. Oh, actually, it was a, it was a front three quarter photo, yeah. and I don't have a front plate. And I was I was that I had a helmet on, and it was from the right side of the car. Well, so how do I also they prove was, it? I have no idea. They yeah. probably can't prove it. They can't prove they it. They probably do. They probably have some kind of a logarithm that like. 
So does your name in registrations for these events? It, or? it doesn't matter because you can be like, well, I have another one. Yeah. The, I have the, another car. The only problem, though, prove is... It's, prove it's the VIN. You don't register your VIN for these events, so... <laughs> no, but the, the problem was uh, my... Our insurance agent that we deal with is also one we the same guy we deal with for a lot of our uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my parents are going to be having a personal meeting with him, and he is going to be at my house, oh. and that is where the vehicle is. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I couldn't exactly lie because he's going to come over and be like, "Dude." <laughs> yeah, I have that same issue, but I. I I think as long as long as it's not you're not competing and you're not like yep. in a time trial event, you're not timing your your laps yeah. or going for a, a racing license. They don't really care. My thing is that it's off road, <laughs> it's it's not on the road, so like the insurance doesn't matter anyways. Exactly. I think, I think another fear that they have though is you're going to crash your car on the track and, and then, then push it to a ditch. The street. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'm Which sure happens all the time. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. And people are assholes like that. I I wouldn't do that. I'd own my mistake, but yeah, people do that because they're. Well, the, b- the biggest problem now is everyone has a GoPro in their car yeah. and everyone has phone cameras. So if yep. you crash your car at the track, there's a very high probability the pictures will be on Facebook later. Yeah, I've dealt with this in the body shop realm of things. Somebody crashed a car on a track day and then I know what happened. Like, oh, I hit, you know, a guardrail. Sure. But that guardrail was at Thompson. I know what <laughs> happened here. You know, I'm not the insurance company. You don't have to lie to me. So... <laughs> I watched a GTR go into the wall at Lime Rock. I oh, jeez. I was there a couple years ago watching a track day. Yeah. I think he came down the downhill, and then, like, it's all, it's like very similar in Forza. If you, like, lift in the downhill or you mess up, it, the car just goes into that, that wall by the pits. That downhill quarter, uh, corner is brutal. Yeah. At Lime Rock? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the one going to the main straight? So coming down the hill, going yeah. to the main straight. Yeah, the right-hand it's, kink. It's, it's literally just like in Forza if yeah. you, like, get... You like let off the throttle, or you mess it up. Like you go right I mean, into the. We watched a guy get killed there a couple years ago. Jeez. So, with, yeah, yeah, no good. Yeah, that was he was in that. He was in like I mean, a he was really in, he old was in car, a vintage race car. It was a '30s race car, but still, yeah. it was. Was it at the close. historics? Yeah, that's one of my favorite events. Yeah, that's, we go every year. I'm, yeah, I'm writing coverage of it right now. Oh, excellent! Yeah, that's a great event. We were there last year too. Oh yeah, I bought a set of uh, Hayashi 13s and a set of uh, Techno Magnesios. Really? Oh yeah. Wow, uh, swap meter? Oh yeah, forty wow. bucks for all six wheels. What? <laughs> or well, th- there's three full Hayashi's and then one lip barrel combination with no face, mm-hmm. and then there's a pair of Techno Magnesios. But all six of those were like forty bucks. Hmm. The guy, the guy had to pinky promise the guy. Literally, he made me pinky promise him um, that I wouldn't put them on a car though, because he didn't trust them. Hmm. Especially well, the magnesium ones. You should sell them to somebody else and not make the same promise. Well, <laughs> I have many. I have many cars that those will fit. <laughs> I mean, don't do a track day on them. Drive nah, to. They're, they're fine. Yeah, they're, they're probably fine. Fine. I mean, they age out after a while. Like, I mean, they're fine for driving to like the local car show. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't do a track day on my HREs. Right. Because I'd be afraid those would fall apart. But like, just driving to like a Cars and Coffee, totally fine. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, maybe not in Boston. <laughs> just fine. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so uh, before we get too deep here, um, there is a Cars and Coffee at Lars Anderson on Saturday, Saturday May 11th. That's the first one of the season there. Uh, We're going to go because it's going to be a nice day. I don't know if you're going to go. I want to go really bad, but my sister is graduating from college. All right. That's an important life event you should uh, participate in and support her. I guess. (laughs) <laughs> and then on Sunday, if the rain, it's supposed to rain, unfortunately, around here, 
or the podcast. Uh, the 12th, that is our Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee that we participate with um, mm-hmm. at the Coffee Factory in Salem, New Hampshire. That we'll see how the weather is. Uh, if it's like not raining that much, like if it's like just kind of threatening, I think I'll go still. But if it's like pouring, I'm not going to bother, but unfortunately. So. I've, I've been wanting to make my way up for one of those events for a while now. I think I think I might try to pull it off on Sunday. We'll see. We'll see how the weather is. This is for our Christmas coffee. Yeah. You're about? Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll be there rain or shine, but it's um early weather reports are like it could go either way in the morning. It looks like it's gonna definitely rain in the afternoon, but the morning is up in the air. Yeah. So, so it's see. Mother's Day too, but it's oh, early. Oh shit! Enough. No, I definitely won't be there then. It's yeah. early <laughs> enough in the morning that you can do your thing with your mother in the morning, and then uh, in the afternoon, yeah. you'd be done with the car show in the morning. In time for brunch yeah. or lunch yeah. or dinner. Like, we have afternoon plans for Mother's Day, so I yep. was going to go up in the morning. Well, it's funny because I asked, actually asked my parents, I was like, hey, what do you guys want to do for Mother's Day this year? And they're like, oh, we don't really know. I was like, all right, since you can't be committing to anything, how about I tell you I have plans in the morning and we make it for at least afternoon? And they're like, yeah. all right, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. cool. Anything else? I got nothing else. I'm going to get some project car updates. We'll probably save it for next week because we've already gone yeah. full episode yeah. here. Yeah. Plus, we'll have more updates next week because yeah. hopefully the car will be back on the ground and we running. We even do a bonus episode. We'll see. We'll see. We're feeling a little... We'll see how... Bored during the day. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how it works out. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Paul, anything else? You, you want to replug your stuff again? Uh, yeah. Um, the uh, Check out the Daily Brief Auto podcast. Uh, it's me and my friend Thanasi. It's uh, mostly new car news, and then we talk about our own car stuff. Um, we have a, I'm out in Boston. He's out in California, so we get uh, a pretty big span of stuff we look at. Um, and then, you know, all the new car news that you probably care about, uh, and you don't have to read the stuff that you don't care about. Um, and then... Uh, we also have a Facebook and an Instagram, which are of the same. It's uh, daily underscore brief on Instagram and Facebook.com slash daily brief auto. Um, and then my own stuff is a uh, Kodama analog. It's K O T O D A M A analog, um, which I always feel like I'm spelling it wrong every time I do because it seems not A N A L. Yeah, the, the double A yeah. and then A N A L. Yeah. Not, yeah. But, uh, so, Kododama Analog, and then my own personal Instagram is Osaka Flocka. Osaka cool. like Japan, Flocka like Waka Flocka. Awesome. <laughs> As always, you can follow us, Auto Off Topic Podcast, on uh, Facebook, Auto Off Topic on Instagram, me, Race and Anger on Instagram, Brad, where do they find you? Oh, my now infamous name of TSISS350. Cool. <laughs> All right. As always, keep cars analog and aim for the roses. <laughs>